They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, the journey of an entrepreneur. All right, welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. How do you remember the title of the podcast? I'm Erin Greger. I'm Courtney Radloff. All right, today we have another very special guest. All the way from Fort Worth. Chris, thank you for driving out here. But we have Chris Bodvitson of Fuel and Spark Media. Got it right? The founder. Chris, welcome. Thank you. Happy All right. to be here. Happy to be happy you're here too. I'm very excited. I know I've met you previously. You were a guest on one of my client shows. And I scared him a little bit because I'm like, hey, we met. And he's like, we did. And then I realized I wasn't there. I just saw your video and thought you were my best friend. So I apologize for scaring you that day. That's <laughs> but Chris, first, before we jump in, tell us about Fuel and Spark Media and what you guys do. Yeah, okay, cool. So um, Fuel and Spark Media, we do video production and social media campaigns for our clients. And so what we really like to do is kind of position ourselves as a content creation engine for our clients who need consistent video content on a regular basis to push out on both paid and organic social media campaigns. So that's the content side of what we do. Then we also run and manage uh, paid social media campaign advertising. So um, we kind of, that's what we do is we help our clients feed the machine of social media. Do you work in certain verticals or like ideal client? Are they like to consumer, B2B, what are anybody you're typically? Yeah, generally speaking, direct to consumer okay. is really um, an awesome client for us. Okay. Because that's where, especially on the product side, you know, you're always wanting to run new campaigns and Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, these social media advertising channels are still getting super strong returns. Mm-hmm. Maybe not you know, quite as much as they were four, five, six years ago, but it's still the most affordable way for e-commerce businesses to advertise and show returns. Yeah. So when you're um, shooting video, are you shooting in studio or do you go to the customer's, let's say, warehouse or office? And is and you mentioned it, there's product-based businesses, but what other businesses? Yeah. So, um, on the video production side of things, we really don't have, we will work with anyone. We don't have like kind of a niche there. So we've done work for American Airlines going and shooting some PR type stuff, okay. capturing yeah. events and things like that. Some of our videos get pushed out to news outlets for them and they use it for PR, their YouTube channel and things like that. Uh, for product driven stuff, you know, it's kind of diff- depends on the type of video that we're producing. Uh, we do a lot of product photography and product videos. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those are in a studio. Uh, however, if it looks better and we can do it, like on a location, we'll do that too. So you generally speaking, um, 
we kind of go on location and studio depending on what we're doing. Uh, what we kind of do is focus on, especially for e-commerce and social marketing, different parts of the funnel, like different types of video works better than other. So if we're doing like the brand awareness kind of personality thing for a brand and that'll be a lot of times more kind of like lifestyle type mm -hmm. content where we're going to be on location. We may have actors and talent. If it's a, a model kind of thing, like if it's a jewelry brand, for instance, we'll probably do a studio session with models and the product and the whole thing. So it just kind of depends on what we're shooting. Okay. So tell us the history. So I'm assuming you like was, you know, a little bit about what you were doing before and then what made you say, you know what, I want to start my own business. Yeah. So started my own business in 2010. Wow. Okay. So a long time ago. Um, when we started, we were more of like a graphic design shop. We did a lot of branding, website design and development. Uh, and then that just kind of snowballed into offering email marketing and then doing social media marketing and a little bit of print ads and then a, <laughs> a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And after a while, uh, toward the end of 2019, mm -hmm. kind of decided it's too much trying to be full service, trying to be everything to everyone. We were having trouble finding project managers that knew how to do like all of the different things. And as a small business, you know, like bringing in someone from an agency for $120,000, $130,000 a year wasn't something that we were able to do. Yeah. And so we decided we were running social media campaigns for a few of our clients and they were getting strong results. We were doing some video production. And so we like doing the video production stuff. It's fun. It's creative. Then whenever you pushing it out on social, then we were seeing strong returns. And so just kind of, I personally did a lot of soul searching as the owner and I kind of like asked myself, like, what if we just did that? What if we got rid of everything else? knowing that there's a demand for video, mm -hmm. pretty much every marketing campaign needs it, and we're getting strong returns on social, can we cut out all of these other things and just have a business doing that? So talk to some mentors, talk to some other people in the agency world. I reached out to someone in Nashville who was doing what we were doing, wanting to do, and just picked a lot of people's brains and decided that was a move that, we wanted to make or I wanted to make um, just to kind of scale down our yeah. service offerings. And so we rebranded our agency and the unfortunate part of doing all of that, as I still believe it was the right move to make, but we were going to launch our new brand agency brand in March of 2020. And so little did time, you know, no, I don't know. Time, it was, it was super unfortunate because we had a big plan mm -hmm. on, you know, ramping up and, you know, transition, the transition plan was there. We had our clientele that was going to 
kind of help us through. And then um, the whole world kind of shut down, hit a brick wall. And so um, just 2022 was our first full year without any restrictions, COVID restrictions or anything like that. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think we just like got through our first actual like year of non COVID. And even in the beginning of 2022, there was still a little bit of stuff going. Well, okay. So I want to back up though to the, you're, you're wiping out. So I'm assuming even though you saw an opportunity, you still have a lot of clients who are paying you for these other services, right? So as you're trying to decide all this money we're making is going to go away, how were you able to decipher that? Was it, hey, we'll, we're going to keep servicing these guys, but we're just not going to take any, all our new clients are only going to be video social ads, or did you let those people go and then lost that revenue too? No, that we did it kind of the, we were going to go ahead and continue servicing okay. clients that we currently had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like okay. any new business, we are going to, you know, no new website projects, no new logo design projects, like those kinds of things were things that we were done with. Yeah. Um, but of a, a lot of our existing clients were already kind of on the backside of that stuff and mm-hmm. looking for marketing help anyway, like they've been through the redesign. But a big part of the reason why we did that is we wanted to be able to work with established brands who aren't looking to rebuild their website or do the logo. Like we want to work with people that already got that shit together. <laughs> I mean, really. And yeah, need help like marketing and growing and scaling. And we would have never landed American Airlines as a client in our old model because they're not going to use a small agency to like, to do a whole brand refresh for American Airlines. Like, they just aren't going to. But they'll use a smaller production company to come in and help them film some content for their social channels. And luckily, American Airlines is based in Fort Worth. Their corporate headquarters are. Yeah. So um, that's been an awesome fit for us and for them, too. We kind of occupy the space where we're not, you know, a huge production company mm-hmm. that has, you can't do work with us if you have, you know, less than 25,000 bucks or whatever. Right. And we're also have more capabilities than just like a freelance camera person. Right. We have a team. Yeah. And so that's kind of been the place we've been occupying for the last, you know, couple of years. And it's been awesome. It's been working. Okay. Now through COVID, because so many people were turning to their phones and visual, and that's how, I mean, because our business changed during COVID yeah. massively in a positive way. So I'm almost curious, did you, did it impact, was there a positive impact through that or it just, was it leveling out or? For us, it was hard to tell Okay, because we were launching a new thing, right? Right. Yeah. COVID happened. So we didn't really have, I mean, our current, our clients that were existing were all over the place, right? One of them was an e-commerce client. And so they started seeing a significant uptick. We had other clients that had to give us a call and say, we can't. And I'm like, I can't 
you're under a contract, but I can't charge you for shit you don't need right now or can't afford. You know, so we have a like a little bit of the both sides of the coin, I guess. Um, but honestly, it was just really challenging yeah. trying to navigate the whole thing. And um, but now, you know, we've got a few years under our belt. We've learned a ton. We've gotten a lot better, worked out a lot of kinks and processes and things like that. And uh, we're actually revamping our website right now. And so I don't know when this will air, but um, maybe by the time it does, it'll be up and going. And Yeah. yeah. So, so was there any point, like, I'm curious, as like, I mean, you can't predict 2020. You launch this thing, you're like, kind of a rocky like trying to like hope was there a time where people were like hey do you still do websites could you do or like that old business is trickling in and you're like oh we, we did take <laughs> up, we took on two clients that needed some things that we had offered in the past one of the clients was a marketing director that we had been doing work for for years mm-hmm. she got um a new position at a new company they needed a new website I know her. I knew she would be great to work with. Yeah. And so we took that on. And then um, another client needed a little bit more full service than just the production and social. So we stepped in and helped them do that. Plus, you know, a little bit of email marketing here and some print ads and things like that. Um, but yeah, so we did. Yeah. reluctantly take some of those things on, but yeah. we had to have that revenue. Yeah. Okay. Just curious. So I know I, like I said, we met before. I know there was part of a business partnership you started into that changed. Can you talk, and you don't have to go into the details as to why, but I'm always curious, like what your journey was going from, all right, I've got this business partner I'm working with to now all of a sudden I'm on my own and you know, how that transition was for you too. Yeah, it was challenging. I mean, uh, so brought on a business partner 2013. Oh, so you were solo brought, okay. Yeah, I so brought on a business partner uh, 2013. By 2018, um, he had helped me grow and build the business, but um, there were a few there was just one or two like kind of fundamental things mm-hmm. that we were not able to get on the same page on. And so we were working well together. It was an adjustment period bringing him on and actually having someone else there. That was a growth period for me personally. Yeah. Um, then we worked really well together for a few years and then it got to a point to where it just became time uh, to part ways. Yeah. We still get together and have drinks. We're still amiable. Um, he's still a, a minority owner in the company. Okay. But um, totally out of the day to day. But the transition was tough because I think whenever you do have a business partner, even though you're not seeing eye to eye on a lot of things, I think when they're gone, you realize all of the things that they were doing. Yeah. They now, like, have to do. Yeah. <laughs> And so um, that transition should have been handled a little bit better. We probably should have given ourselves like a a little more of an exit ramp, yeah. transition ramp to get some of those things. Because it was like when the 
lawyers and attorney paperwork was all signed, then like it was like, okay, now bye bye. Yes, uh, um, so it was challenging, a hundred percent. But you know, got through that. Got systems and processes that were not in place got put into place, and softwares and things like that. So, um, things that the business needed anyway. So when did you go go through Goldman? Uh, just recently. So he's a newbie. Yeah, I'm a newbie. Well, because he just said systems and processes. So I was like, well, you know, that was like, yeah. I don't know, he's pro- <laughs> must have been during Goldman, but you're no, that you had to do that prior to. Yeah, we had to do that prior to, but then, um, I'll fast forward to 2020 and the new business video production. While we did it, it wasn't like. It was just like a smaller part of our business. So yeah. bringing that in full time, like being a video production company, had its own set of like challenges and systems and processes. Like now we had to procure equipment and we had to manage equipment. And when we take send equipment out on shoots, we need to make sure it gets put in the back and is bag and is accounted for when they get back. And so um, just a different set the same issues right that most businesses face yeah um goldman sachs though was amazing i went through it this past december so that would have been december of 2022 is whenever i graduated from the program and it's a life-changing experience uh it's incredible you know from just understanding how to assess opportunities and analyze risk and um, be a lot more financially literate. And, you know, th- some of these things where it's like, oh, I got this, whatever. And then you go through that program and you're like, I didn't know. Shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. really, it's like a, it's, if you can get into it, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, we still get together with our cohort. And it's awesome. But I did take a massive step back to look at the whole business. Yeah, talk about Fuel and Spark pre-Goldman and Fuel and Spark post-Goldman. Like, what changed? Fuel and Spark pre-Goldman was we were in that mode where we could not or I didn't feel like we could say no to anyone. Mm. Like, no matter what the budget was, no matter... If it was a good fit or not, we were bringing it in because we had mouths to feed. Yeah. You know, we had people that we needed to pay salary. We had, you know, all of these things. Um, And it was just, we, we were still flying a little bit by the seat of our pants, but we were also still very much in, like, startup mode, mm-hmm. you know. And so I've been, like, just kind of, like, I don't know, like just grinding and grinding and grinding through 2020, 2021, and 2022. And it came at a really good time because I was like, You're tired. I was starting to feel the burnout. Yeah. You know, and you know what it's done like since then is, I mean, unfortunately, I've had to let some people go Mm. that were in the wrong spot for what their skill set was. And that was emotionally challenging because, you know, they're really, like, great people. Yeah. And 
unfortunately, like as a small business and as a business owner, we are pretty good at wearing a lot of different hats. Yeah. However, when we bring on employees, they're not always that great at wearing a lot of different hats. And you, and the question is, do you want them to wear a lot of hats? We think that we think we do, but we don't. You know what I mean? But it, we do, and it's like, man, you know, I need help with scheduling and task management and project management and workflow. But then I also need help, um, you know, like on day of production and making sure like we're putting shot lists together and marking things off the checklist. And so I brought someone in who was really, really great at, you know, the kind of production side of things, um, especially like um, on set, on mm -hmm. location, we're doing some events and things. She was the one like making sure like, okay, we got to be here at this time, mark this shot off the list, making sure that everything's done. But we're having some trouble with the, on the social media management side of things on the meticulous like deadlines and scheduling and making the schedule and then following the schedule. And so um, I had to make a decision to kind of scale down the team a little bit so we can be more strategic on who we bring in. But then also, I mean, we were operating some months were profitable and some months were a loss. And so we were kind of like teetering right there. And I think the biggest thing, you know, that I got from Goldman Sachs is like, let's just like trim all of the crap and yeah. be profitable and then scale up from there. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And also understanding my own strengths and weaknesses and what kind of person we want to bring in to help. Yeah. Raise everything. So how many people are on, are on your team now? So right now we have, Myself, we have um, a camera operator slash editor, and then our social media team is subcontractor, and um, we bring in freelancers and editors like on an as-needed basis, and so we're keeping our overhead low. Okay. Um, but but you know some of the running of those numbers that are like. You know, if you have an employee, you need to have like at least three times the revenue of their salary in order to like some of these ratios and things like that where <laughs> I'm like, man, uh, you know, it's tough. To, yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, we're just kind of like trimmed down a little bit and now we're going to grow much more. I don't, want, I don't want to say more methodically, but we're going to let it build and grow a little bit more organically. Mm -hmm. But, and we're implementing a lot of our processes and things like that. And then um, on the production side, keeping the in-house to a minimum mm -hmm. and scaling up per job that comes in or per production. Um our goal, like I said, is to become that content engine and get um, 
contracts you yeah. know, for month over month to do those kinds of things. And as we get that more recurring revenue, then we'll be able to, you know, hire accordingly. Um, and we have a few of those clients, but um, like I said, I don't want to get our um, head out in front of our feet, you know. Yeah. But I was just going to say, so you've trimmed down some stuff, but mm-hmm. how does the, mar- like to really make it the machine and trim, like you talked about trimming, how does your marketing change? Like, how does that strategicness continue on outside of just the hiring process, uh, you know, and, and staff process for your growth? Yeah. So we, I've been in marketing and advertising for a long time mm-hmm. and doing that work for our own business has been a big well, Cobbler's kid has no shoes, right? <laughs> I think it's a common thing for yeah. agency owners and agency people to like, put the time at, like to treat yourself like a client. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the things that I've done going through the Goldman Sachs 10 K small business program really helped me hone in like our messaging and our target audience and where the opportunities lie. And so we have revamped a lot of our messaging. We have brought in like outside help to do some branding and graphic design work. So we're going to be um, launching a new website and uh, starting fresh with our own social media presence and content where everything looks a lot more dialed in and curated. A lot of the things that we're trying to tell our clients to do, yeah. we're going to be doing that. Uh, so those that stuff will be rolling out over the next month or so. Um, you know, the look and feel is already done. Now it's all about, you know, getting everything built out yeah. ready to go. Um, and I think we're going to be much more dialed in when people see us and encounter us um, anywhere online to kind of scale up from there. So when a, a client comes to you, um, do they often know what they're looking for? Or do you have something that you're like, hey, these are the you know strategic plan that we put in place for you? Or do they come in kind of tell you what they think is going to work <laughs> i'm curious because there's always like we listen we work with social media stuff in the past and there's always like this creative thing and i'm like that's not really the voice of the brand but like i at some point don't know what you can do it all yeah right so yeah so um sometimes people come to us and know exactly what they need and want american airlines was a little bit they were really cool because <laughs> they were like we're having this um, really cool event that we want to make sure that we capture. But then they were like, what is the story? What does it say? What is the end result? We want you guys to have a lot of kind of creative freedom there. Yeah, it was really cool. And we did about four or five projects for them, you know, and every time that was like the way we worked and that was really cool. A lot of times people will come to us and say, hey, we need a video for this one thing. And they have an idea of what they want. But once we start kind of really uncovering and going through our process, um, sometimes we can shed some light on some things that may work a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we try to do is a lot of times when people come to us for one video, you know, we're like, okay, that's cool. You want one video. How are you going to use it? Where is it going to go? Kind of returning, you're going to get on one video. 
you know, versus like, can we take a look at what your budget is maybe for the whole year and figure out like, how can we produce, how can we film for like an entire day and get enough content to produce, you know, a series of videos or something that's more like campaign driven that might move the needle. So that's where we're kind of going is I think the days, unless you're filming like a television commercial, the days of creating one video are kind of over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we like to try to maximize our clients' budgets and give them like a series of videos or things that they can use more than once. Yeah. Yeah. Cause every, otherwise we're every day trying to think of what else we're going to post. What else are we talking about? How many more times can we talk about it this this way if that's you only have one? It's yeah, man, it's really tough, you know, like the social media algorithms want you to post all the time <laughs> almost daily, you know, and yeah. as a small business owner, that's just another added layer of yeah. pressure. And it's hard. It's really, really tough to do that. Yeah. And um it's almost not fair. In the same breath, I'm going to say that it's almost not fair. It's also like the the great equalizer, right? Yeah. Like the social media channels have given small businesses the opportunity to compete. Exactly. And so it's a double-edged sword. You know, it for a business owner, though, it is a stress, I think, of anxiety. Yeah. And Massively. We're talking about it. Yeah. And and so that's what we try to do is just kind of like, hey, let's take that off. Right. Yeah. Let's like let's be your video content's handled. We're going to help you develop a strategy. We're going to help you create. We're also going to help you procure like if you want influencer user generated stuff or testimonial kind of stuff, which doesn't require a lot of like production quality, but it also requires effort and time to like help pull those things together will help do all of that and just help you a lot of times we work with marketing directors who have a social team that can manage the social media yeah but we just feed them content yeah oh that's really right and we have other clients who want us to handle it all turnkey um so we kind of do both but we really like to just like take the content piece off of your plate yeah. I'm really curious about what you said about for like a direct to consumer business or even a product based business that there's different videos during the funnel to get them to go where you want them to go. I know we talk about click funnels all the time. Mm-hmm. Shorter, longer, more light, less light music. How does that change through the yeah, funnel? Depending on the brand, but generally speaking, whenever you're just trying to get your name out there and mm-hmm. get awareness, you want something creative, whether it's trying to sell a lifestyle or trying to do what the, you know, dollar shave clubs of the world have done with like that kind of really just fun, campy, um, a little bit irreverent, just explainer video. Unicorns pooping ice cream. Exactly. <laughs> those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so you want to get pretty creative on those kinds of things. We're uh, working with a client right now who wants to really sell like the a fashion brand and wants to sell the lifestyle. So 
we're going to do a shoot with him that's going to have models and different scenes and be really, really like kind of high end yeah. production looking. We're also going to get customer testimonials and they may film those on their iPhone. Yeah. But people want to hear from people that they know, like, and trust that are using the product and saying, hey, this person, influencer marketing's been happening ever since the dawn of advertising, yeah. you know, when Major League Baseball players were smoking Lucky Strikes on yeah. TV, you know? But the influencer marketing these days, it that's not real. The more authentic it feels, the better it actually performs on social media. So, yes, we're a video production company, and we love to make things look pretty. Uh, and that's our job, right? Yes. Yeah. To create beautiful-looking footage and this and that. It's also our job to, like, as content creators, to understand that that brands need some of that, but they also need some of the other stuff mm -hmm. in order to really, like, dial in. And then you also need ads. Yeah. Like, actual ads that have an offer saying um 20 off for the month of march or our fourth of july special or whatever that hook is to get people to actually click and buy yeah you need ads yeah you need your lifestyle content you need testimonials you need influencers social proof um product demo like showing yeah. your product in use yeah you know like a lot of times that um We'll put a little bit more effort into that to make the product look amazing and to make sure that people see how it's used and in, in action. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it, it takes kind of all of that kind of stuff to really like be dialed in on your social campaigns. All right. It's pretty rough. I know. Yeah. And there's so much. I know. Every time we have a conversation, my brain just like processes things and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, it's fascinating. Yeah. And because you have to be creative and give, you have to be consistent in the voice of the business. Mm -hmm. So you're like, okay, one day I'm over here and we're, you know, we're pouring um, bourbon and the next day we're selling t-shirts and you have to kind of take on that brand. I find people who are creative that way, just that's no unique. Yeah. It, you have to understand what the brand is, who the brand is, what is their yeah kind of brand ethos but then you also have to understand the audience and the clientele right and speak to them and so if there's a disconnect like if you're selling rolex watches and you're trying to sell them to 18 year old kids like who yeah. just graduated <laughs> high school like yeah how is this brand going to talk to them like that's yeah. not going to happen yeah. right and so there has to be the understanding of who the brand is and who the audience is. Well, and when that dialing in happens, that's when, like, even on the podcast side, I was, I just had this conversation this morning. I'm like, Joe Rogan has ruined everybody because Joe Rogan talks about whatever interests him. Okay. That's fantastic for Joe Rogan, who's been doing this since 2009 and has a great access to celebrities and whatever you want to talk to. But like, I just had this conversation with a client. And he's like, I just want to talk about everything. And it's like, okay, you can do that. But if you're really trying to make this grow and build, you've got to dial it in to a certain audience because 
they're going to be like, I don't get this, or I don't know, is this for me, or this episode, you know, but or this video is for I, me, but the I next even video. I that on Joe Rogan. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll be listening to him, and he'll go off on some sort of a tangent, and I'm like, I don't even know what the hell I'm listening to. Right I know. Hell, but everybody but wants to be. I'll turn it off and maybe, like, go to another episode or something yeah. like that. Like, sometimes he loses me, too. Um, but obviously, he's... Uh, He's a stand-up comedian. He's yeah. a UFC announcer. He's got a huge following. And like you said, he's talking to interesting celebrities and things mm-hmm. like that. And so he's got it. He literally used it as a platform to get stoned and talk about whatever he yeah. wanted to talk about. Which is what his, which is what his yeah. audience wanted to hear. But Yeah, but then everybody's trying to replicate that. Me. No. Maybe, but, maybe not. I don't think so. But I've got some yeah. sort of an interesting twist on it. But, and that's, but it's like the, to the circle back to the video, it's like, you've got to die. And that's where I tell people, I'm like, you've got to dial it in because the magic of growth happens when you know who you're talking to and you speak their language. Right. And they're like, boom. And that's, it's, it's a hard thing to do. But once you get that and all your videos line up and the ads and like, I always joke about, um, oh, it was a, a brand. I'm drawing a blank on it, but they were a, a pimple brand when I was growing up. They're proactive. And I remember I was in my tw- early 20s and I'm getting ready to go out and I had a zit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't go out. The zit is so bad. And literally, I am not joking. Like within an hour, a commercial comes on. Is your acne so bad that you won't go out? I'm like, oh. and how did this side me up? It's like when you see those ads, like people are like, I'm like, when I see those ads that are just hitting home for me, it is like, bye now. And I know as I'm going to say something, people roll their eyes at me, but I do <laughs> believe our phones are listening. Oh, 100%. So I'm just yeah. say that because I will literally say the most random thing. And the next day there's an ad or I get an email or something. I'm like, that's too coincidental. Yeah. So I love murder podcasts. I said it in the car with a friend who does not care for them. Yeah. Me for the next month got blasted with ads to the yeah. like what did you do i was like it wasn't me facebook oh. yeah. uh, well you say that the i i agree with you they probably are they won't admit it <laughs> yeah. but i will say brands are listening the ones that are doing it well right yeah so very rarely do you just throw out an ad campaign and it blows up before yeah. you have tested some other things and so that's true and so I think it's really important, like, as we're wrapping up to understand that, like, what you think is going to work may not exactly be what works the best. Yeah. And so you've got to be not afraid to try new things, and you've got to also not be afraid to look at the engagement data, look and see what's actually working, and make decisions based on what your audience wants it's great advice yeah yeah all right that's perfect advice yeah <laughs> like okay well duly noted yeah uh, uh, rapid fire yes uh favorite beverage old-fashioned oh it, it rye i like bourbon i like yes. i like them both <laughs> okay like i but i if i'm gonna pick i like the bourbon uh best advice you've ever been given best advice i've ever been given um, probably from my grandpa a long time ago is very simple, but he said, um, you make your own luck. Like and that. it's very simple, but 
true. It's true. It is true. Because if you show up, that's half the battle. Uh, no, okay, sorry. That could we off the edge we just went and I stopped myself. Uh, dinner with anyone? Um, Probably Quentin Tarantino. Ooh. No one said that. But I think I would want That's it to true. be a whole date. Like I want to see, I want to go see a movie with him and then go to dinner and like talk about the movie. You just gave me a really fun idea and I'm going to tell you after okay. this is over. <laughs> I don't want to be held to it. Um, Your morning routine. My morning routine is not really all that dialed in, honestly. <laughs> we have a two-year-old, and so <laughs> yeah. two-year-old might like wake that. up at 5 a.m., and he might wake up at 7 a.m. And so, um, generally speaking, the morning routine consists of I shower while my wife is watching baby, and then she showers while I watch baby, and um, then we have a babysitter that comes in, and so we're out the door by about eight thirty every morning. So it's a more, it's a little bit later start than I'd like to get, yeah. but that's our life right now. Sleep yeah. is best. Yeah, you're getting out the door. That's all that matters. Yeah, we're getting out the door. Yeah, yes, exactly. I there was like for two weeks, I was like I, I missed exercise, all this stuff. I was like, no, I'm sleeping. There's clearly too my body yeah. shut down. Are you reading anything right now? Uh. Not at the moment. I'm not reading anything. I've gotten a little burned out by business books. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like was reading all of these different things. And um, let's see, what's the last thing? The last thing I read was um, a screenplay, a, a movie. That's screenplay. Cool. So very interested in filmmaking and that side of the production. Video side, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've been just kind of like trying to read more for entertainment right now than learning. Sometimes you have to just sit and apply the stuff you're reading from business books and stop reading more business books. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm just like, I, I can't, I'm not there right now. Yeah. My head space and my brain space is full of information right now. So yeah. I just want to, <laughs> I just need to kind of like, take some more me time i think yeah yep uh top bucket list item top bucket list item i thought of this one and now i can't um remember what it was i would like to go to outer space that would be awesome yeah so would you be one of those that would pay if you like the 18 million had 18 million just sitting around would you pay bezos and go up there or you would okay i mean if i if it was a if it was like something that I felt like I could afford, no, right. But I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, even if I had the money, there's no way in hell I'm going. Like, I don't have any desire to do that. I say you just screw paying for it and just offer to film it and make content. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Elon. Um, <laughs> just saying, and I want to go get to go meet him because I love him. Um, a guilty pleasure. Is Lady Gaga a guilty pleasure? Yeah, I mean, sure. Okay. She's pretty badass. Yeah. All right. I was not expecting What's your favorite that song that she sings? Um, uh, Poker Face. Oh, my God. I literally okay. was thinking that in my head. I'm like, <laughs> is it going to be Poker Face? Anyway. Uh, okay. So, funny story on that. We went to the Super Bowl in Houston. A buddy, my ex-business partner and I, um, we went to the Super Bowl in Houston, and uh, she performed the halftime show, and it was like, pretty incredible. Yeah. 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 
That's that awesome. Be, she would be one to see in concert. I have seen her in concert. I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't my... It was too much of a production. I'm like, just sing. Like, that's my kind of concert. Yeah. Yeah, like Adele. Like, okay. Adele just stands there and sings, and I'm a hap- happy, happy, happy. There, That's... You're, yes. Yeah. But Gaga's just, like, over the top. And there's, yeah. Like, but, yeah, there was, like, this... I love Lady Gaga, but there was, like, this whole, like, their ma, and I'm just like, just sing this. <laughs> I don't need all the drama behind. Well, anyway. I think the show that I saw, I only saw her at the halftime show, but she had, you know, 30 oh, minutes. yeah. There was no, like, time for storytelling in between songs or anything like that. It was, yeah. like, start to finish, like, yeah. a performance. It, yeah. it was epic. Yeah, no, no, no. I, yeah, if she would have like moved it along, I would have been happy, happy, happy. But anyway, so <laughs> what were you gonna say? So I'm, I'm running now. I'm running through my head. I'm like, pink. Oh, pink is amazing pink live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I try. To I'm gonna actually. Take Adler for I'm gonna take Lily. So I'll have to go. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Now we're side guys. <laughs> All right, Chris. If people wanted to get a hold of you, where should they go? Go to fuelandspark.com. Uh, find us on our social media channels at fuelandspark, and um. Yeah, and uh, personally, hit me up on LinkedIn. Send me a message. Um, I, I'll try to answer. I'll try to, like, filter through all of the spam that I get. <laughs> yeah. If you're a real person, I mention the podcast or mention something that, like, makes you feel like you're not a spam bot. All right. And, of course, all that will be on our notes page over at First to Arrive, Last to Leave. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely.